you'll remain standing and join me in the invitation to worship, which is printed in your bulletin. Thank you, God of many names and so much love, for gathering us like a mother hen. Like Mary rocked baby Jesus, our God comforts us when we're frightened. We worship you today, loving God. Bless us to be a blessing. Amen. It is time for all my friends to join me up on the blanket. It's coming. I have We Care friends coming. I have young and young at heart friends joining me up here right now. I need all your ideas because I have a question I'm going to be asking. We're really excited to see you. Thanks for helping us spread the blanket. Hi. Hi, friends. New friends and old. As we come up here today, I'm wondering if some of you have been maybe watching the news this last week. Maybe you had some conversations with a teacher or um, thank you. Or maybe your family had some conversations about some stories in the news this week. But something really, really sad happened in New Zealand last Friday. There was someone who had bad thoughts, bad plans, and he went into two mosques in New Zealand and he brought a gun and many, many people were hurt and 50 people died. And I, again, earlier today and right now, I feel your attention so much. I f see your faces that this is something we do not want to have in our world. I see your heads shaking no. It makes me really sad. And it makes me also wanna send a big love message to New Zealand. Here we are in New York, right there. And we are going to send cards and a love note to these friends, these Muslim friends here in New Zealand. There's, it's going to go across the globe there, maybe in an airplane with packages with all of our letters. So if we were to send them a note, in fact, you're going to get a card to write your ideas. What are some of the messages, the kind messages you would want to give to people who are maybe getting better in the hospital or maybe missing friends? Yeah. Um, um, don't know. Don't know? Okay, I can come back to you, Eleanor. That's cool. Yeah, Carlo. Something is happening today. Something is happening today. Maybe what we could say, we are praying for you today. Could we say that? We are praying for you today. What else could we say? Yeah, Soraya. You all matter in the world. Mm, that's awesome. Yes. We care about you. You matter. Maybe one more nice thought that can be part of our brainstorming efforts to say, we are united in love. What's one more love message you might want to send? Do you have one? What about just, we love you? Yeah? You like that one, Leslie? I do too. We love you. 
These messages are going to go from our We Care friends, from our older care f- kid friends. In all of these brightly colored cards, I'm going to hand it to you in just a moment. Let's say a prayer together. Prayer for these Muslim friends in New Zealand to echo all the messages you just said in our prayer. Here we go. Dear God, we are so sad about violence. And we know you are sad about this too. And we know you are sad about this too. Help us be united. Help us be united. In love. In love. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm counting on you to send these love messages, my friends. Let's sing Sia Humba together. Hello. How are you doing? I'm Jackie Lewis. And if you've never been here before, I really want to offer a special welcome to you because you'd come and be with us on a Sunday is a really good thing. For whom is this their very first time? Raise your hands. Please keep them raised. Thank you. Good. I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to talk with you, so don't put your hands down. Where are you from? We are from Spain. We are from Okay, from Spain, and you live in New Jersey. Welcome. You sound good. Thank you. So glad. Who was next? Where are you from? Here in New York. Welcome. I'm so glad you came. Where are you from? Trinidad. Woo! Where are you from? Manchester, England. Welcome. Where are you from? Las Vegas. So glad you're here. Where are you from? Chicago, my hometown. Where are you from? New Jersey. Yes. Where are you from? Where are you from, ma'am? Baltimore, Maryland. Excellent. Who did I miss? Balcony. Where? Yay, Alabama. Good. And you, sir. Pittsburgh, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. And where are you from? Chicago. Chicago! City. We're so glad you're here. We, we really want to welcome you. We're glad you'd spend time with us. We want to stay in touch. So our, our greeters gave you a card that tells you how to log into our website. But if you feel good about giving us your email, we'd be so glad. We promise not to sell your data to anybody. <laughs> but we would love to be able to keep in touch with you and invite you into our community. So please give us your email on a card, any of the cards in the pew. The red ones are particularly charming. So name and email would be great. We'd love to stay in touch. Friends, this is a third Sunday in Lent, Women's History Month. Today is Aretha Franklin Sunday, because it would have been her birthday. Woo! You are in for a treat. These folks read and sang so 
beautifully this morning. The band was on point, so I hope you'll enjoy the worship. It's, uh, my favorite thing to do is to pretend like all the love songs are from God, so let's see if you can hear that as well. Um, every uh, Tuesday during Lent, we're having a Tuesday night writing spiritual journey. So this Tuesday, 6.30, please bring a little something to eat and come and write your way uh, on the journey toward love. We'd love to have you with us. And in the middle, between the two worships, there's a Bible study um, every Sunday as well. This Friday is the last day to register for uh, the conference at your member rate of $150. Oh, my God. Go to the website, revolutionaryloveconference.com or just Middle Church and look at the lineup and register because you don't want to miss it. Um, on Saturday, the author of White Fragility will be here. Um, I know, Robin D'Angelo. White Fragility, the book called White Fragility, Robin D'Angelo will be here. It's in the bulletin. This book will shake your world up in a very lovely way. Um, adults have a chance also to sign love cards for the, our New Zealand friends, so please come after worship right up here to the pulpit where you can sign cards, join the church, join the movement. And... Two more things. One is that today after worship at about 10 to 2, Bertram is going to meet anyone who wants to go to the march that's happening. We're standing with Muslim friends uh, at Times Square today. So if you want to go with Bertram at um, 10 to 2, you should meet in the lobby over here. Not there, but over here. And finally, our friends have just landed in Puerto Rico. One more trip. I'm so proud of them. So proud. You, you do that, middle family. You're making sure we stay connected. So Edna, her nephew Andrew, Catherine Torpy, Karen Wallace, Reverend Damaris at Fort Washington, and two of her members are all in Puerto Rico doing a medical mission. I'm so excited that we're not going to let Puerto Rico fall off the map, are we? Amen. Okay. All right. With that, so many more things in Le Bulletin for you to see. Welcome home, Achebe. Welcome home, Sean. Welcome home, all of you who've been out and about. I'm always glad when you come back. Let's take a deep breath. Bertram is going to lead us in a time of prayer. Good morning, middle family. The prayer today is inspired by some of the words of the Saint Aretha Franklin. So I invite you to open your heart and to listen to these words and join your heart with me and prayer. All-powerful Mother, Creator God, you are the source and essence of love, and you alone are holy, holy. Help your people come together. Mother God, we are here this morning to say a little prayer to you, to open our hearts with the hope that you will hold us that you will heal us and reshape us to do your work of love. Holy One, it's been a hard few days, or maybe it's a hard few weeks, or a hard few years, and it feels like pain is all around us. God, what a mess we're making of the world you created for good. God, there is enough food for everyone. There is enough water for everyone. There is enough housing for everyone, everyone, there's enough love for everyone. But we allow fear to stop us. 
and greed to consume us and hate to block us away from those that we've named as other. We sometimes lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we are not all made in your image. We claim one religion is better than another. We say that one gender is stronger than the others and one skin color is more deserving of respect than others. And because of this, we fail to love our neighbors and we fail to love ourselves. Bless us with respect for each person, each religion, each nation, all genders, because you are in each of us. And it's when we all come together that we get to see the beauty and the, the vibrancy of who you are. God, today we grieve with those who are grieving. Our hearts are broken over the 50 lives that were ended in New Zealand. We pray for all who are victimized by white supremacy and religious hatred. We ask you to look upon our Muslim siblings and to, to rock them steady in the cradle of your arms, God. Although it seems that there are many who would do them harm, help them to know that there are members of our human family, of your family, Jews and Christians, Sikhs and Hindu and people of every tradition who love them and pray and are working for their safety and peace. God, we pray this for all victims of terror, whether they're in Kenya or the UK, in Pittsburgh or Puerto Rico or along the borders that our government has created. God, send us your healing spirit. Remind us of what compassion looks like. Teach us to seek justice with our whole heart. And when we get lost and confused by the laws and rules we've made, help us to believe that it's only your love that we need to get by. And this love can rock this world's foundation. We pray this trusting in the power of each and every holy name that your children call you. And all your people, all God's people said, Amen. Friends, please stand and take hands across the aisles and pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. And if you're not familiar with it, it's printed in our bulletin saying, Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Family, we were created for peace and love. Let us share God's peace with those around us. The peace of God be with each and every one of you and also with those of you who are watching us online. God's peace to you today.
reading from the book of Isaiah. An invitation to abundant life. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen to me carefully. Eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen, so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant 
my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness for the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that you do not know shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way. Let the unrighteousness their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. And to our God that he may pardon them. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. The word of God for the people of God.
Amen. Amen. Makes you want to sing your sermon. But, but I shan't. <laughs> Will you say a prayer with me, though? God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we seek to hear a word from you, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Don't you just love the images in this poem? From chapter 40 in Isaiah to chapter 55, what we call second Isaiah, this poet is writing these really beautiful poems that are picturesque and rich in story. And this particular poem takes me all the way back to standing in the rain, twirling around, stomping in rain puddles, or sticking my tongue out to have snowflakes. Did you guys do that? It's having snowflakes fall on your tongue, those of us who lived in those places. Or playing double dutch near a fire hydrant, or perhaps shooting hoops on an asphalt court, and you're so hot and thirsty, but the fire hydrant is open. So you run, and you let the water just fill you up and wash away your salt and fatigue. God's people were thirsty. They were thirsty not because they hadn't been drinking, they had been drinking. But they had been drinking deeply from the waters of suffering, from the waters of deportation, from the waters of fear and annihilation. For two generations, 70 years, the elite people of Judah had been exiled from their homeland, away from the rivers that snaked lazily through the Judean countryside the Jordan and the Kishon, the, the Lachish and the Ayalon. They were away from the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee, the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea, away from olive groves and pomegranate trees, from the desert in the north and the snow-capped mountains in the north. Two generations in Babylon, two generations where they wept, the psalmist says, as they remembered Zion. How could they sing King Alpha's song in a strange land? So they wept, and then they built houses, and then they married. They tilled the soil, and they told stories to their children and their grandchildren of the way it was back there in Israel. They told stories about God's love of God's people, God's ways. They told stories of how the city of Jerusalem would once again be glorious. This was how they kept their faith alive. But then in about 538 BCE, Babylon was conquered by the Persians. The Persian king Cyrus allowed all the captive people to go back to their homelands. In fact, he even paid passage for some of them to get back home. Look, these people didn't want to be in Babylon. They were the shiniest, the best, the brightest in their land. They missed their houses and they missed their cousins. They missed Bebe and them. They, they missed their servants. They missed their stuff. But they survived in Babylon. Some of them even thrived in Babylon. They built new houses. They intermarried. They got new cousins. They got new stuff. They became accustomed to Babylon acculturated to Babylon. 
So the ways of Babylon became their ways. Back home, well, it was a little more than a settlement after the battle that had made them spoils of war, beat up, shabby, in ruins. Those who returned would have had to stake out their land, rebuild a foundation for their houses, rebuild aqueducts and infrastructure, rebuild walls to keep themselves safe. The fields around Jerusalem had been decimated. They would have had to till the soil all over again. Home was not that attractive a prospect for all of those who would return. And the beauty, the story of Israel was not like this generation didn't know about it. So much of Isaiah 40 to 55 is this like giant travelogue invitation to get those who were deported to come back home. Come on, come home to Israel, rebuild, come on. Come home, come home to the place where God is. Even though the land's been ravaged, even though we have some rebuilding to do, come on home, come to the waters. Come buy and heat. Come have milk and wine. You don't even need money to get the things that God's going to bless you with. Come to the God who will give you goodness and restore your life. Come home and seek God while God can be found. Come home to the fructifying, life-giving waters. Come home to God's Provisions for those who are thirsting and seeking for righteousness. Come home and find the face of the holy once again. Come home to you. Come home to your best self. And who's invited home? Not everybody's invited home. The ones who are invited home are the ones who thirst. Those who truly thirst and hunger for God and the ways of God, understand this invitation is for them. The invitation is to do more than just drink from the waters. It's to feast on the word of God. God's word that'll go out and, and like rain and snow, produce seed and bread. Come home to God if you're thirsty. And I think Lent is an invitation to thirst. Lent is an invitation to thirst for the living waters that flow from the love relationship that we have with God. To thirst for the peace that passes understanding. To thirst for justice for those on the margins and healing for those whose souls are broken. Lent is an invitation to fill the empty, dry, parched space from which malignancy and violence and hatred fester into a foul poison that kills everything around it. This poem is read during Lent as an invitation to go home, come home, be at home with God, to come to the healing, living waters, to drink from the fount of many blessings, to eat from the tree of life, so that in fact we will be like God and love the world into healing. It's an invitation to come home. And it's given to a people who had become comfortable. It's comfortable in Babylon, middle family. 
to be out there, exiled, and take on the texture, the tenure, the tones of empire, to consume the culture of empire, to watch it on television. Empire, that is. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> to scroll through our phones and see empire to be accumulated, brainwashed by the shiny, sparkly, seductive calls of empire on our lives. We're so seduced by empire that we can sit behind our phones while a man drop kicks an old woman on the subway car. Did you see that? And we can be behind our phones filming that, oh my godding that, but still sit there and be comfortable enough afraid enough to make ways that we stay in our seats and let her suffer. We can record, but not do. We're afraid to stand up together against the violence and the hatred because we might get caught up in it or hurt by it. Amen? We listen as a leader brags about grabbing women by the genital. Encourage his followers to punch someone in the face, draws comparison between neo-Nazis and nice people on every side. We elected him. We elected him because of empire. We watch as he thumps his chest and thumbs his nose at calls to save the planet, at calls to give sanctuary to the refugee, at calls to love LGBTQ folk, to champion fair wages and economic justice. We listen, and we know we're in Babylon. We know we live in the belly of the beast, but it's a little comfortable in there. And we're churches, after all. And we're not supposed to be political, because we might lose our 501c3. So we know that there's a putrid, rotting something at the core of our democracy. And I'm not talking about political party now, I'm just talking about what's wrong and what's right. We know it stinks. We're annoyed, we're assaulted by it, we're, we're alarmed by it, but it's, it's also a little comfortable. So we complain about it at the dinner table or over brunch with our friends. And we're thirsty for living waters, like we're thirsty for living waters. But we're so desperately thirsty that we'll actually drink the Kool-Aid. Now, I really liked Kool-Aid when I was a little girl. Just be real. The sweeter, the better. And the graper color on your tongue, the happier you were. But there is nothing nutritious in that blue, funky drink. <laughs> We're thirsting for living waters that will satisfy our souls. But when he says he's a Christian and bows his head and is blessed by empire, we still drink some of that Kool-Aid and we gag on it because we know it's not good for us. And we know the truth, but we're afraid sometimes to say it. That that Kool-Aid is fecal material. Yeah. And the reason it stinks is because it's crap. Yeah. 
And because it's crap, it's killing us from the inside out. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's all nicely packaged to sound like the economy is doing better, to sound like the unemployment rate is lower. And so it can feel like it's not that bad. Except it is that bad. The New Zealand killer called Donald Trump a symbol of renewed white identity and common purpose. In response to that, Trump was asked if he thought that the white nationalists were a growing threat around the world, to which he replied, I can't do a good Trump accent, so I won't try. I, I, I don't really. I think it's a small group of people who have very, very serious problems. It's certainly a terrible thing. It's certainly a terrible thing when they're quoting your president as they shoot 50 Muslims to death. It's certainly a terrible thing. In a piece recently written in Sojourner's magazine um, called White Nationalism, White Supremacy, and White Power, Jim Wallace says that Donald Trump has proved his identification with white nationalism, from his demonizing of immigrants to his making the wall the heart of his campaign to his Muslim ban to his expressed hostility and falsehoods toward the Muslim religion to making a racist attack on Barack Hussein Obama and making his name in that birther movement, amen? Further, and this is the part that's going to make us mad, Jim says, in a spirit of Christian love and accountability, we must tell all the Christians who still publicly support President Trump, your support can no longer be justified by the appointment of federal judges. It can't be justified by his change of mind and politically expedient alliance with your anti-abortion stance. It can't be justified by his alliance with you, y'all, them, against same-sex marriage. It can't be justified by his strong advocacy for the religious liberty of Christians, but not for Muslims and Jews. And it can't be justified by the quote-unquote tax policies that make the richest people in America even richer. Somebody say amen. Middle family, America has been deported to Babylon. And I think our job is to call America home. To call America home to love, to generosity, to kindness, to radical welcome, to call America home to the revolution that is love, home to a diverse democracy in which all of us can thrive, home to the connectedness that comes when we really love our neighbors as ourselves, home to understand that God speaks more than one language, that she is multivocal and can speak Buddhism just as easily as Christian and Hindu just as easily as Baha'i. She can even speak nature and pagan because she made the stuff, you know what I mean? She made the earth and the fullness thereof. It's our job, middle family, 
not just to love ourselves on Sundays and like this amazing place and amazing music, but to really teach the world, to call the world, to know fully that love is love is love. And all of God's children are invited to be in a close relationship with God, no matter how they name God. So we're called to, to have them come home to the waters, to the living waters, to buy the, the milk and the wine, to eat the food even when they don't have any money, to come home to courage, to come home to life, to come home to love, to seek God's face, as the writer of Isaiah says, while we still can. So how are we going to do this? First of all, we are going to love the hell out of people. I mean, love the hell out of them. <laughs> Feed them and comfort them. Not only with a hot meal on a Sunday, but with a hot meal on a, on a Monday. And to welcome them to sit at our tables and talk with us and learn from us and learn from them. We're going to keep speaking truth to power, secondly. We're going to preach it, teach it, socialize it, memorize it. Show our children, remind our children that they too are ambassadors for love and justice. That God is against racism and for all the bodies. That God is on the side of love for gays and lesbians and trans folks, for Muslim Jews and all of those who don't even name God. We are going to donate to care for those who are caught in the crossfire of violence and we are going to take ourselves to the streets today and every day until our feet are tired and our legs are cramping, we're going to march until the world is the reign of God on earth. Amen? Amen. And I don't know, is New Zealand just better than us? Like there's a giant killing in New Zealand, and the prime minister says, I'm going to ban this weapon, and when you're trying to buy them quickly... I'm going to change the category. I'm going to make sure you can't buy any more assault weapons. Do we need assault weapons to kill deer and squirrels? We've got to ban assault weapons right now. Right now. So when you get through a brunch today, there's going to be a tweet to retweet to retweet to retweet. A Twitter storm asking our electeds to do something about these guns. Amen? I want you to get in the game with us. And we're going to participate in the democratic process. Some of you are like political activists. I know that. But all of us need to participate in the political process. I'm not afraid of losing our 501c3, so you don't need to be. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hello. We're not going to tell you who to vote for. But we're going to make sure that we educate you about what the issues are, what the concerns are, what does, what does a more perfect union look like. We're going to make sure that we use our website to educate you and show you what it is that we need to be thinking about. And then you're going to pick your candidate. And when you pick your candidate, you should give them a little money. And you should go out and stop for them. And you should ask other people to vote for them. Vote for somebody that reflects your values of democracy Socialism, everybody having enough. That's, the, that's how I'm going to do it. $3 to so-and-so and $4 to so-and-so until I figure who's the right one, then a lot more money to that person. And then, and then this is also what we need you to do. 
We need you to be in this campaign. This campaign called Love Transforms. I don't know about you, but for my money and time, this is the best one-stop shop for democracy in America. This place. This place with all of our mixed up fabulous diversity. This place where we love who we love and live how we live and we accept each other anyway. This is a space where we're training children to be revolutionary lovers, hearing music that transports us to another realm, rehearsing the reign of God right here in this place. And if you think that that's true, then I want you to suit up and get in the game. Come off the sidelines. Get jiggy with it. Because this is not, this cannot be a consumer sport. This cannot be watched because the revolution will be televised. And we need to all of us be in it. So I'm asking you, if you love this place, like I do, and you've been like hanging around, like join it. Just walk up to the pulpit and tell Bertram I'm in and you're in. And if you love this place, like I do, it actually does take money, honey, to bring around the reign of God. Like it just does. You gotta pay for the music. You gotta pay some salaries. You gotta buy the food for the thing back there and the butterfly meal that's gonna happen. And it takes money to go to Puerto Rico and it takes money to march. It takes money to organize the world toward love. Somebody say amen. amen. So, you know, I'm not sleeping much right now. That's not you to feel sorry for me. I'm just busy. I'm busy organizing. I'm writing stuff. I'm going to talk to people. I'm running around the country being an ambassador for love. Can you run around with me? and be an ambassador for love. This is your job. Put on your Love Transforms suit and get in the game. This is what's required for us to call the nation back to center. That's not what I mean. To call the nation back to love. Maybe to love for the first time. Amen? Amen. Friends, we have a powerful, powerful sermon before us today because there is powerful work that needs to be done. And as Jackie mentioned, that work takes money. My family and I have decided to become recurring donors in this movement because we believe so strongly in the work that happens in and through here every day. We believe that it, when we decide to donate to something regularly, that it invests us deeper into the movement, not just financially, but it also deepens our faith. We are 70% through our fiscal year, and we are only 60% of our budget. So we are behind. We need to raise about $288,000 by July 1st. That's a lot of money, but we can do it, and we will meet that goal 
because of every one of you here and because of everyone watching online and because of the powerful work that we do and the powerful ways that we tell this story. To that, um, I would like to show you how easy it is to become a recurring donor to this place. Or if you are already a recurring donor or give online, I would like to challenge you to consider increasing, um, just by $3 even. And if you will do that with me now, if you could take out your phones, if you have them with you, so we can walk you through how easy this is. I know a lot of you have phones. They've been on silent. It's been beautiful. Pull up a browser. We chose Google. <laughs> and in the browser, type donate to Middle Church. And let's see what happens. Look at that. That button right there that Jen is on, that is the quickest way to where you need to be. Click right there, and then you can choose. You can select whichever amount you feel like you are able to give at this time, and then you can choose how often you give it, weekly, monthly, whatever. So thank you, Jen, for walking us through that, and thank you all for pulling out your phones and for prayerfully considering what you might give. Jen and Bertram will be at the front after the service to talk to you about joining our movement by joining this church, by giving us your email and saying, I'm in, or by contributing online. Many of you who do that, um, I would like to encourage to also fill out this red sheet. This is in your pew, and if you give online or if you give um, recurring donations, we would still love if you would fill this out and just mark on it that you give online because that's a public act. And it's not a self-serving act, but it's an act that signals to our community that you are also deeply invested. And it's an act that shows our young people that what we do when we put something in this basket is important. So thank you so much for all the ways that you contribute to this movement and for the ways that you will increase your giving and your time and your prayers. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, God, that you are with us together forever. We thank you that you have called us to bring our gifts to end white supremacy. And we thank you for this place. Because of you and because of these people, there is no place like it on earth. So thank you for the opportunity to fuel it and power it with our love. Amen. Amen. So my friends, if you take a look at the closing selection. We're just going to be singing one verse, and that is verse number three. Thank you, thank you to Mario, to Christina, to Elizabeth, to Sam, to Kaliswa, to the band. Woo! Amazing. <laughs> 
Secondly, thank you, middle family. Um, we are in the middle of a hot mess, and your love, your beautiful faces, your hearts made of gold, the, just the incredible way you show up actually heals me week in and week out. Thank you for that. You are just amazing, amazing. Um, third, I can't sing you my sermon, but I do want to give you like a singing benediction because I'm weird that way. I'm always hearing love songs from God. God wants to give to you an everlasting love. <laughs> wants to fill your life with a satisfying love. All you need is God's everlasting love. All you want is a mystifying love. Need is. Sing with me, you know it. An everlasting love. All you want is. Love transforms every day and twice on Sunday here at Middle Church. You are the love army, dudes. You, you are the ones. This is it. Put on, suit up. Put on your love transforms outfit and let's get busy. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>